0: hey everyone welcome to savage to sage where we explore the evolution of entrepreneurs in this show we hear from leaders on the challenges and breakthroughs that have shaped them on their journey toward becoming a sage welcome back everyone to savage to sage today i have the joy of being joined by terry dove Pittman, the chief strategy officer at the gideon group welcome terry
1: Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be on Savage to Sage. It's so it's so deep. It's so mystifying. <laughs> I love it.
0: <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. Tony Celso and I came up with the name and we we're, we're super excited about it just because it represents, you know, that the evolution of the entrepreneur from the initial savagery that it really takes to stand up and keep going, you know, a small company. Right. And then hopefully as we are evolving as we are growing, you know, we're going toward that that sage status, you know, where people lean on us for wisdom based on like what we've learned. And let's start with you of why the Gideon Group, why did you start it? Why did you step out on your own as an entrepreneur?
1: Well, so the Gideon Group is actually my third endeavor. And um, I had gotten to a place of relative success, you know, had built a great company. I had built my first company and the second company with a partner. And this, I really wanted to be a little more organic and I wanted to follow the process of my clients. And so one of the things that I noticed is people, once they're built as a company, getting them to marketing and profitability and creating a brand that allows those two things to happen. Those don't always go, go together. And so I really wanted to make sure that I was in that process with companies and as they grow and as they change and they innovate. So um, our model really kind of our internal model is bringing brands out of hiding. Um, And that can be in a lot of ways, especially when you're transforming or you're new or you're rebranding, that can mean a lot of things. and So that's what um, is based on Gideon in the Bible, who was hiding in a cave and, and had skills that nobody knew until he was kind of pushed out. And then he almost ruled like a king. And that's what I see with a lot of new entrepreneurs and a lot of mid-level, like one to seven million dollar entrepreneurs. That's kind of where they are. So that's why we were born.
0: Love it. So why you? Why stepping out from, you know, the comfort of corporate job or something that, you know, was more stable than entrepreneurship? Like what what prompted you to jump out?
1: really providence it really is god because i uh there's many times i ask why me <laughs> <laughs> uh but you know but then why not me you know i am uniquely qualified in being terry and and the skills and the things that i have gleaned over time are are vital to other people so for me um uh, i I never set out, you know, some people set out like I knew I was going to be an entrepreneur when I was seven and I was selling newspapers, you know, I always knew, like work Cuban, <laughs> I not me. I didn't know I was going to work a regular job. I worked in government. I was going to do my retirement, have my little picket fence and be okay. And <laughs> at, <laughs> at one point that, that felt like not enough. You know, I was like, that's not enough. And am I using everything that's within me to my potential? And that's really where I set out and said, okay. I'm chucking everything at the government and going to jump out into the sea. And that was, that was 15 years ago.
0: It's Fantastic. So in those early days, you know, what, what was it like for you? You know, if you were to describe like that, that savagery to really start out and get something up and running.
1: It, it, it really was. I know I have something people need and I know I'm solving a problem and I of people need me to solve their problem. <laughs> and so it's kind of phenomenal. I've never been great at marketing, but I am, I shouldn't say that I'm not great at online marketing, but I am great at offline marketing because I love people and I love the relationships that people form. And I love hearing people's stories and I love having um, the resolution for them when they have issues. So that alone, building relationships, hearing people's problems or issues and saying, Oh, I got a solution for that. That really did well for me. And then my first business almost, 80% Eighty percent of my business was almost word word of mouth, which was amazing to me, um, because I was in government and I didn't know money was this easy to make. <laughs> I was like, you know, money takes budgets and legislation and policies and you know signing off. And I was like, oh, you ask people for money and you solve a problem, you receive money. Oh, wow! I didn't, know, <laughs> I didn't know, I didn't know that was possible. So that was really great to see. But it really was just building relationships with people and being the best I could be and and kind of being you know available and accessible to them in this sphere.
0: Yeah. So talk about especially the early days what was a a breakthrough insight that you learned about yourself in in terms of, you know, self-awareness. And I know like self-awareness is our culture has kind of made it out to be this sexy thing of like, oh, I'm 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 unique in these ways, but really it's it can be very painful and exposing. So I'm just curious what what you've learned about yourself.
1: Oh, man. Um, I, I, I learned that because I am very great with relationships, that that could be a great asset and it can be also a point of issue for me. Because of my personality, I'm very warm and loving and hugging and people love to be around me, but that can also create a line where people are like, I love Terry. And then the business relationship gets weird. So I really had to learn about myself. That I have to be able to present the expert before I presented the personality. That took a that that took a lot of work and it's taking a lot of work because I just love people. But you have to be able to say, I'm here to do a job, not to hang out with you and your kids, you know, at the birthday party or the barbecue or the bar mitzvah. Even though I right. love that. But <laughs> in my in my early days, I would find myself at all these things and then say, Hey, by the way, you forgot to pay me. And they're like, Oh, I love. And, you know, you're so great. I'll get it to you. And it goes, it drags on. And I learned that's a boundary. It's not their fault that I set up that boundary. I set up a boundary where like we were friends and not business. And so that I really had to learn that about myself, but how to balance those two, those two personality aspects of myself. So in those early days, that was really hard uh, because I found myself at every, you know, fish fry or, you know, I was just. I was in people's personal lives, which was great, but I didn't know that I always had a boundary for business, which became a problem for me. later.
0: Boundaries are, are so hard. And I think for certain personalities, it sounds like yourself and mine included, are just really challenging to enforce, especially when you, you go about business and in a relational way. So what kind of took you to the next level in enforcing boundaries?
1: Losing money. <laughs> That'll do. And uh, I, I think losing money and then losing in a way respect. You know, I had a mentor of mine tell me that Terry, you gotta get over people liking you and get to the place where people respect you. At that time, that's what I leaned I thought like was respect. And so what I really started to have to to, to make myself and an insert documents. Um, and processes and procedures so that people understand this is a business relationship and it just happens to be with a really cool person. And and before I would present the really cool person and, oh, we'll take care of process procedures later because this is family. But I really had to now, so for instance, now to meet with me, you have, to do, you have to go through my assistant. Now we have to make sure your MOU and your contract is signed. Now we have to make sure your invoice payments and you know, if you th- if you're net thirty or net sixty, we have to make sure all that's handled first before we come in and sit down, and then we have a great time when we sit down. But that about those boundary points kind of let people know, okay, this is about business. And wow, I like that she's a great person. But let's handle business, and so that really helped me, and and actually it helped my sales, and it actually helped my processing because I would keep clients forever because that's my girl. So like there was never like exit strategy there, <laughs> you know what I mean? So the so clients were like with me for six, eight months. And 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 that's because I had not set up the boundary. So now they're very clear. This project takes six months. At six months we're done. After six months, if you want to rehire us, you know, per hour or on another project, that's okay. But they get an understanding of where they are in the process. And that's something I really had to learn is creating those processes, as a business, not as your homegirl making money, had to change, change up the lane.
0: <laughs> yeah. That's so well articulated and so important. Burnout is so common amongst entrepreneurs, especially when you've had to learn some of the lessons, like you described the hard way, where it's like, you know, your friend at the barbecue didn't pay you. <laughs> <laughs> um, if that happens a couple of times. And then, you know, just the the sheer pace at which you have to work. I think, especially early on to like get something up and running. It's so common for people to be like, Man, I'm exhausted. I burn out and I don't know if I can keep going. Was was that ever like a part of your story? And <laughs> if so, like how did you overcome that?
1: Yes. And it, it still it still it still pops up <laughs> sometimes, but burnout I think when I first started, it was it's like you're you're burning the midnight oil, you're staying up, you're trying to do things great, then you're trying to put processes in place, then you're trying to be at every network, and then you're trying to manage finances. Like those networking events are great, but you know those thirty dollar breakfasts add up after a while, you know, and so you're always running. And, And one of the things I the change in what I did was making sure Terry was okay, making sure. That my business fit in with my personal goals and my business goals. Uh, I'm teaching a class right now with Mid State Supplier Diversity Council where the first day, you know, we're teaching, and you know, everybody was like, oh, it's going to be, we're going to learn about LLCs and finances and how to do contracts. I was like, no, first day, I want you to set your personal goals and your business goals. And what was very funny is we did that exercise, and some of the ladies found out the personal goals they had set out did not align with their business. And they were like, oh, well, I wanted to like take over the world, but I'm moving to North Carolina in two days. That can't happen. And, <laughs> and, and you know, we don't always say these, these goals have to intermix. And so I make sure that, you know, if Terry wants to expand her home or, you know, the family wants to go on for, you know, holidays, that my business aligns with that. So if that's going to happen, I got to make sure, well, you know, if you're going to do that, then you got to make sure you meet your financial goals for this quarter if you want to go on a vacation. And that has really helped me and also taking time for myself. Like my goal really is to work four day work weeks uh, mm-hmm. where I have a day where I'm just chilling, Netflixing and vegging out. Because if I'm not clear minded and focused, people are not getting the best deliverables or the best work product from me. And that took me a while to learn because I was like, I just got to do everything Because if not, they won't think I'm great. Or if I'm not, I won't get this all on a deadline. And I had to give myself grace. Like, I'm human. And I've learned to renegotiate also. And when I say renegotiate, if I see that this deadline is more aggressive than I need it to be, I need to know that pretty early on. And then to have a conversation with the client, like, hey, I might need two more weeks for this. Instead of trying to meet the deadline and freak it out. And then, you know, I, I don't live like that anymore. Like, I just... I just won't do it. And and it's been great. And I think the clients appreciate it because they were like, Well, I need to take a rest day for me too. (laughs) Yeah. It's helpful. You got to take care of yourself, massages, self-care, getting your toes did, you know, (laughs) like they (laughs) said, you, you know, getting a haircut, spending time with your family, because all of this is supposed to be for them. And and my husband said to me one day, You're building all this for us, the kids, but we never see you. So I was like, Am I really building it for me? or for the family. And so that really kind of struck me like this money and what I make for me is supposed to go back to my family and build in my family dream. It's the whole point of me being an entrepreneur. But if I never see them, it's kind of a competing intention. Right. So
0: yeah. yeah, Stop the burnout. Yeah, well said. That's probably said better than most people I've talked to. So thank you. And I'm curious like what what's your current like day off when you get to take that and what are your favorite things to do that you find to be most recharging and most, you know, able to clear your head?
1: My favorite thing is 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 a manicure pedicure because you know the place I go they're so amazing. Uh, shout out to Polish and Carmel because <laughs> they're so <laughs> amazing. But I mean, they do a manicure pedicure, then they do a hot stone rub, then they do a hot towel. You can bring a little Chardonnay or you can have pop or you know, it, it's so comforting and I know everybody getting there and they'll do a massage. It's just so amazing. It is like, I mean, they are a spa, but they're really, they're really a nail salon that treats, they have a salon feel, but that's some of my favorite things. And, and hanging with my friends, like having lunch with, well, you know, pre-COVID, <laughs> having lunch with my friends during the day, like even my staff, I feel like my staff, we, Especially my CFO because we have to keep in contact a lot, obviously. But she'll just call me like, "Hey, you want to go hang out? You want to go season fifty two? Those are those are my favorite things. And my family, hanging with my family. COVID has made it so apparent how much I want to see my family more and more, and how right. much I enjoy them. So those are like three of my favorite things. And and I also love Master Chef on Netflix uh, and Hulu.
0: <laughs> nice. Uh, a pedicure and seasons fifty two does sound pretty nice right now. I'll it's give you the that. Best yeah.
1: Ever it's the best. <laughs> <laughs> oh Love man, it.
0: I'm glad you brought that up because you know one of my intentions of starting Savage to Sage was that I believe that one of the keys to successful entrepreneurship is knowing how you best recharge. And you know, I would say some entrepreneurs that I've talked to, and I was here for a while, I just I didn't. I was so disconnected from what it was like to to really take a break, to recharge, to to know that like if I do this, I'm going to be so much better on the days where I'm on and working. And um, just because it seemed like there's always so much more to do, like I can't stop. Like the emails will keep rolling in that I have to answer. And um, I I found that the most successful entrepreneurs, not just the ones, you know, with the most profitable businesses, but having have the best relationships with family and friends, you know, as well has, has to do with that ability to do what you're describing. So I commend you for that.
1: Thank you. It, it's highly necessary. I mean, I've learned that, you know, when you start, you, you don't see all those people in your head is, you know, I'm focused and it, it's so tiring because it's just not possible. Like you, you can be as focused and work from 6am to 6pm and that you could do that every day, but there comes a point where you, you, you'll either, your body will say that's enough or mentally you'll be all over the place. And so like you're almost sabotaging your success. Mm -hmm. And I just, I just, I like to be calm and easy and my clients like it and, and it's just it's just a different way of life, a different worldview, and so now I love what I do, and I can say, okay, this is a lot. I need to take some time away, and yeah. then I come back beast mode and when I come yeah. out the gate. I
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, love it, awesome. Well, um, you, you dropped a few notes about you know your your team, and so I I first want to ask, as you've added people to the get in group, how do you know? like these are people that, that get it, you know, cause I know you're a small team. So you're kind of asking people almost to like ask, act like an owner. Um, and <laughs> yes. so like, how do you know, like they get it. I really want them to come onto my team.
1: Yeah. So everybody, so my, my assistant and directive, director of executive affairs has been with me through both of my companies. She transitioned over with me. And one of the things I talked to my company, my, my teammates about is here's the dream here's the vision i have for this this is what i believe god has given me to do here's my purpose is that something you want to al- align with um that's first question you know and you know they're kind of like what <laughs> you know cuz that's not the normal but that's how i live my life i'm very spiritual and I guide my life like that and, and and asking those questions usually they're like give me a day and they're like well let's see <laughs> but then also as we've grown together and we just had a strategic planning meeting um, at the beginning of the year because um, I had COVID at the end of the year but we usually shut down at the end of the year for strategic planning like the end of fourth quarter and one of the things I said what are your personal goals and what are your business goals? And we had that conversation. I said, how can the Gideon Group support into what you need? And it was really an amazing conversation. Some want to write books. Some want to build another workshop. Some want to you know, go out and do more branding. And so I want to be a part of this ecosystem for them, not just this is the place you get paid and follow my dream. How does my dream impact your dream as well? And if you know that that is a, like, if you know that's a universal circle, it no longer is a job. It is really a mission. And I think everybody on my staff feel like they're working for a mission. And so it changes their veracity, even with me. Like, they will be like, that doesn't work, Terry. Like, that's not going to work. And you're just rolling in south. <laughs> and and, and they, have, they have input and it is very vital to me. So one of the things we did in this strategic plan, and they're like, Terry, you are a great visionary, but... Sometimes organization-wise, we need to work. And so we came up with ways to really enter data, ways to capture data, and ways to have things to show where every client is. And they really came up with the process of what that, how that looks and why it's happening. And they love it. When I became sick with COVID, because we had those things in place, they could just roll and do what they needed to do. They didn't necessarily need me there. And it was helpful to me that they could say, no, Terry can't do this because she's got COVID, but here's what we can do. Or here, I'll take this and handle this. It was it was really good to see because I was nervous about the process at first, but to see it in place and, and the the intensity and the respect they have for the mission was really like awesome to see. Like they never, like we didn't miss a beat. It was really awesome.
0: Yeah, love that. So it sounds like you're, you're pretty aware of here's, here's what I'm strong at. And then also you're, you're aware of like, here are some of the gaps as a result of that, where I need my team to really step in. Is that a fair way of saying that?
1: That is accurate. I know how much of a mess I am. I know how dope I am and I know how much of a mess (laughs) I am. So it, it is helpful because I can be honest with them. And like, for instance, I'm very forgetful. And so Vicky has the task of kind of hey Terry, did you remember to get me this? Like she'll say you needed to get me a task. I'm reminded you of the task to get it done. I'm like thank you, but um, because they know that, and then you know Vicky, no time. I'm, I'm I can beat places on time, but it takes me some work, unlike other people. Like I don't know what happens. I don't know if butterflies or something distracts me. <laughs> it's just who I am. But she she knows how to plan my schedule so that those intervals will give me that time kind of to be distracted or where I need to go. So it she knows how to function and who I am, and I don't feel bad about it as I'm improving, and she doesn't get frustrated because she's accepted my flaws, and it works pretty great. like she she knows my schedule. She's like, "Hey, you got an anniversary party on Saturday. Did you get a gift? No. She's like, well, here's a list of things you can go and here's stores near you. And here's I'm like, thank you. <laughs> <'Cause> I, <laughs> I'm just off in the clouds, kinda. So it, it it's great to have folks that understand who their leader is and know the difference in not using that to manipulate and also still respect you as their leader. And I'm I'm blessed to have people that are that integral. Cause that that's not always the case, you know.
0: Yeah, it's so good. And going back to something else you said we my team is encouraging founders like you all the time like when they're looking for those first few team members of like hey what is that compelling mission that you're inviting people onto because a it's going to attract the right people and then b it's also going to de- detract the wrong people you know from joining you who are just are just seeing you know that as a job or as opposed to seeing I'm I'm joining something bigger, you know, more compelling than, than just a job. So I, I love that that's uh, such an integral part of your process. You don't hear that very often.
1: No, and I, I love it. And I think it's made a culture within my company. So I used to have two assistants, like a personal assistant and an executive assistant. And, you know, economic times, you have to make decisions that make most sense. And what I love about the personal assistant, she... She was like, "Hey, I've got some recommendations for some virtual assistants that could plug in some places where I can't, and I'm still here." And so she, she, you know, we had to, we had to part ways. She did find a great virtual assistant for me that could plug in, but then also, um, I've used her on projects like, "Hey, I need this research, I need this," and she'll get it. I mean, I'll just call out the blue, "Hey, I got a project, I need this research, can you get it done?" And she gets it done in like two days. And she was like, because I respect that I always had a voice in your company. So I really have never left you. And so that that really touched my heart that she was that loyal to the mission that even when there was an uncomfortable situation, we still could we still could keep the relationship. So she's amazing. And so now I've started another brand and she's like, Miss Terry, whatever I can do for that brand, like she's already like, I love this too. So that that's amazing to me because you know when you have to let somebody go or finances change, that's not always the case. So I feel like we've built a culture where this is a home for you and you're just not you're just not human capital. You're part of the family.
0: Right. And some of my next questions you've kind of already gone into about culture specifically. And so you've kind of identified some values. And then I wanted to bring you back to something you said to me before we hit record. And that was, you're looking for people that, that are bosses and that aren't, you know, employees. What is what does that mean to you? How do you translate that into behaviors of, you know, that define a cultural value?
1: Thank you. I love that question. Wow, that was a very I feel like a grown-up when you asked me that question. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes, uh, e- every one of my team teammates, they all are CEOs of their own companies, smaller companies, but they are CEOs and we all work remote really. And so I never in with their their vision for their companies other unless they ask me advice or they need help. But because they're CEOs they speak to me from a CEO point of view instead of just an employee point of view. And so they do think things out. Like my CFO, I wanted to, you know, I'm a visionary. So, and I'm a serial entrepreneur. So, Hey, let's start. I really wanted a pet accessory business. Like I was like, this is the jam. Like people are making money hand over fist, like with these fur coats (laughs) for these dogs. So I was like, let's do it. And she was like, that's great. But like, what are your projections? How many SKUs would we need to have? like? She started just breaking down all this stuff, and I was like, "Haven't thought about that." <laughs> <laughs> and uh, she was like, "Well, here, I'll write up something that will show you what needs to happen, and if you can fit that into your time schedule and our time schedule." And this, she wasn't getting paid to do that. She she did it on a weekend, and you know, it was random when I called her, so she could have just said, "That's silly. We're not going to do it. We can't afford it." Goodbye. But she really did write up a proposal of how this could work and everything that I had going on in my life. She was like, where does it fit? And that was just so impressive to me that she took time out to write this for me. And she was like, what I don't, I don't, I want to table it, but I don't want to get rid of it because it is your idea. So because she's a CEO, she can kind of see what I'm not saying. And she can yeah. give me advice as well as I can give her advice. And it, it gives me so much joy. That every teammate, I can celebrate their launch or their opening, or I can be a sponsor of their event, or I can purchase their books, or I've helped, like uh, Vicki, I love Vicki, she's the director of executive affairs and my scheduler, like Vicki, we we work together and she built a glass workshop in the back of her home. And so now her and her husband have blown glass and stained glass, she's written three cookbooks she's written uh, a book just on women in ministry and all of that was produced out of her relationship with me and our companies because when I met her I met her at Olive Garden and neither one of us had anything so so now to see her that she's a you know a four-time author and now has her own culture and company where she's selling to hospitals that's amazing to me and I think it creates for Vicki it's this is not a job. Like, we are forever a part of each other's lives for what we accomplished, and that's the kind of culture I want in 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 and around me.
0: Yeah. And how do you get your own glass studio at your house? <laughs>
1: Man, like, so dope. It's got its own address and everything. Like, so it's like her address with a half on it. But so oh, it's, it. it's just amazing. But it's amazing yeah. to see that that when we met each other, that I was just like, I just know I want you, and can you roll with my mission? Can you take a chance on me? And now her husband is getting ready to retire and that's what they're gonna do. And they have a whole business outside of working with me. That just is amazing to me. That's it's awesome.
0: <laughs> that is awesome. And I imagine, you know, just having that culture, like you said, of bosses. I mean, you get you all get stuff done and and also are just you've you have people already that are are thinking like owners, they're not thinking of this as this is just another job. So um, I can see why, why that's so beneficial. What, what would you say are the major challenges to that, that model?
1: The, yes, is that they, they talk like bosses. <laughs> is that, <laughs> is that we, we sometimes have really hard disagreements. I believe everyone respects me as leader of this But they do have very strong ideas and can sometimes cross the line because I'm a boss. And so this is what I'm telling you. And so there's times where all of us have either had to humble ourselves or assert ourselves to be like, okay, I don't like what you're saying, but I need to maybe think about what you are imparting. But then there's other times where it's like, I'm not going to do that. And it's the end of discussion. And then there's a respect there. So it it makes us sometimes, you know, we're kind of like lionesses, you know, sometimes that conversation can be visceral, but everybody leaves like, it's what we had to do. And I I think, especially during COVID, we'd have, we've had to have some really tough conversations about what we needed to do and how to innovate. But I I, honestly, it never feels like it ends in an argument. It's just, this something I got to work through. And then everybody's honest to say, I don't know if this is going to work for me right now. I need to think about it. Or can you hand this to somebody else that might have a more affinity to it? And um, it's just very transparent, which is one of the things when I was in government that I always wished for. I want transparency. Just keep it 100 with me. You know what I mean? If you got to let me go, don't let me work all day and then fire me. Like Let me know so I can have things in order or Create an environment where I feel like I matter, and I feel like everybody in the Gideon Group know they matter, and and know they have a voice, and know this is this is their part of this mission too. I look at a big model. One of my mentors is Tom Hirons from um, Hirons and um, they they have employee investors. Like all their current employees are owners and have invested, and you can just see the. The same veracity when they work on a project, this is their project, not a project for hirers. This is my company's project, and they take so much care with it. And and I, I feel like that same model is produced. There's so much care, even when I might be the one messing up the care of it. They went, hey, we got to get on track, or Terry, hey, and I, I really do appreciate that because that that iron sharpens iron. It makes me better, it makes them better.
0: Yeah, that's um, I can totally see how you know you. You do probably get into strong, you know, conflict and disagreements, but that can be leveraged. It sounds like you are like leveraged for productivity, you know, because a lot of times conflict, especially with certain personalities, like it's seen as negative. It's like, oh, this means something is wrong. Something is bad. But in your situation, it sounds like you're really leveraging that to to sharpen each other and to. Create better outcomes, and you know, to go in the right direction. Because you know, if you didn't have your CFO disagreeing with you, you might be have a closet full of uh, like fur dog outfits so,
1: that, that you can't
0: that you can't sell. So. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that I can't sell because nobody needs me right now because Amazon and COVID. So I'm so glad you said no. But uh, yeah, so it's it's a great place to work, and and again, we work remote, and I think that helps. One of the things that Vicky and my CFO, because they both have school age children, is they were like, I'm so grateful that this was already our norm. Like we didn't have to transition. This was already our norm. What's funny is <laughs> we've had to change our Zoom calls because everybody in their home is on the internet. So we've just had to push our days out, but they didn't have to make like huge life changes because their children and their husband. Expect them already to be home and and can do things that other people cannot. And so, um, Vicky, of course, Vicky is older. She's now going into grandchildren stage, and she's like, "Man, it's so great that I can see my grandchildrens on Friday and complete my work, and and there's no qualms about it." So, um, I I love I love what God has done with our business, and am honored that He asked me to be a steward because. I'm special, as you can see, (laughs) but, you know, special in a great way. And yeah, I got my issues, but I think everybody enjoys coming to work. And that's for me, that's my goal is to make sure they like what they're doing.
0: So I have time for one final question that I, I usually do at the end. And I ask for like as quick, concise of a response as possible. So like a lightning round. And that would be, if you're advising a new entrepreneur, what do you believe is like the most important piece of advice that you could give them?
1: To continue to learn about yourself, business, and your industry. I think if you do all of those, you'll be great in business.
0: Perfect. Thank you, Terry. And if um, people want to get in touch with you and the Gideon Group, where would you point them?
1: Okay. They can go to our website at www.thegideongroupllc.com. Also on our Facebook page is the Gideon Group. And uh, we have a LinkedIn, (laughs) my social stuff, LinkedIn. You can catch me at Terry Dove Pittman on LinkedIn, and that'll give you all the information about the Gideon Group.
0: Awesome, Terry. Thanks so much for your time today and your insights.
1: Thank you so much. I appreciate you. And I'm so honored to be here. Thank you for asking.
0: Thank you for listening to today's interview. To view show notes or hear more episodes, please visit www.savagetosage.com.